My guest today is Jenny Dean, the founder and executive director of Channel Mom. A former broadcast journalist, Jenny worked for BBC, ABC, CBS affiliates, and other news outlets. But after giving birth to her first child, Jenny hit a low spot being at home with her newborn. She was uninspired and experienced really severe depression. And this was despite her love for her new son and for her husband. And Jenny struggled for a very long time. Eventually, finding a newfound faith in God, Jenny pulled from her depression and her severe melancholy and was inspired to create a support network for other mothers. And that's when Channel Mom was born. A Channel Mom is an outreach program, and it's designed to provide support to moms wherever they are in their journey and they, whatever they're experiencing. So they, they may be married or single, living in a million-dollar house or out on the streets. Um, they may also even be living in prison. Jenny and her team will find them and find a way to support them. From parenting tips to financial resources to skill development, Channel Mom uses outreach, podcasts, radio shows, blogs, and whatever other tools they can find to reach moms with both support and appreciation for being mothers. Now, Jenny is a master storyteller, and I think you're going to find a great human interest story um, here as well. So if you're finding value in this podcast, if you do me a favor and please just press that subscribe button, helps me out a lot. So please now enjoy my conversation with Jenny Dean. Hello, Jenny Dean. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on today. It's an honor. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you. I know you're on your anniversary weekend vacation right now. And what a trooper to leave that, your husband, your kids, and come and play with me for an hour. So I really yes. appreciate it. I'm sure. I have and a hotel curtains behind me. Oh, so. to prove it, yes. <laughs> as if we needed proof. Well, um, yeah, please thank them for me as well, because I know that, you know, they had to give you up for a very short weekend anyway. So uh, give up some of your time. Well, all right. So we are here to talk about Channel Mom, of which yes. you are the founder and the executive director. And uh, I actually... Why don't you start by giving us just a little background on what Channel Mom is, and then we'll talk about an upcoming event you're going to have, and then move on from Absolutely. there. Um, to do that, I need to go back a little bit to kind of give sure. you the history of why I felt compelled to be the one who founded Channel Mom, All right. if you don't mind. Is that okay? It's actually my next question, so please do that. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. then, uh, what, do no, you want no, me to no, tell you first? Great. Put it okay. all together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's me kind of stepping in as the reporter. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, what happened for me mm -hmm. is that I was born into a family of intellectuals. My parents are academics, mm. you know, ivory tower folks, PhDs. My father's actually a theologian. Um, really? And my mother was, uh, you know, kind of a big, small deal in the women's rights movement back in the seventies. And, um, they take academics and intellectual pursuits and, and cultural endeavors very seriously. So I grew up in a family hmm. that, um, didn't exactly point me toward what I ended up finding, if that makes sense. And I love my parents very much. They're still alive, thankfully, and my brother, <laughs> wow, but um, I, I, in the midst of that, 
Um, I had two goals as a child, and I promise this is going to get to the the answer no, that you're looking your for. This is actually really interesting. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. I had two goals. One was to marry my nursery school sweetheart, uh, <laughs> who was, you know, four years old at the time. And he's now sitting over there. You in, in are hotel kidding <laughs> me. I've heard junior high. I have not heard preschool. Yeah. Preschool. Wow. That is yes. beautiful. All right. Well, all, all I'll say is we've known each other for 50 plus years. I won't go farther than that, but we've known each other for quite a long time. That's so incredible. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, I had two goals. One was to marry my nursery school sweetheart. And the second was <laughs> to be a television reporter. And and I was a pretty ambitious kid. So at a very young age, I started writing, you know, uh, informational uh, interview requests mm-hmm. to, you know, um, heads of radio stations and television stations. And I, you know, I did a little cable wow. news in, in our little tiny town. And I was what a radio. Age, what, what age is this? And what town were you in? I, what state? My husband and I grew up in a little town called St. Peter, Minnesota. Oh. Um, my my yeah. father and mother taught at Gustavus Adolphus College, I know tiny well. little town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah, my okay. my uh, brother-in-law went to, went there. Gustavus. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you don't um, so, hear that very often, but yeah. No, I, we don't. Yeah. So anyway, um, we grew up in that town and I just began to pursue because I knew I needed to, because at that time, before we all had one of these in our hands, looking at that screen. Good old days. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, there was only one screen in town and it was a pretty competitive environment to try to get on that screen. So I began very early pursuing ways to, to set myself apart. And so I did okay. a lot of letters to news directors and so on to just to try to get going. And so I was a disc jockey at the age of 16 or 17, I think. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. At the local radio station. And I did You're some stuff at the cable news station. Yeah. And then I worked at huh. BBC. I, I, they huh. told me, well, I don't know if this is true to this day, but I wrote myself my own international fellowship proposal to work at the BBC in London as an American intern. And at first hmm. they said, that's silly. We don't do that. And then this wonderful man in the bowels of BBC <laughs> found my letter and said, oh, let's give it a shot. You know, Unbelievable. so I came over as an intern, no internship program, no host family, nothing. I just landed in Heathrow with six or seven bags all by myself. Nobody to pick me up. Nothing. Um, what age was an, this? I was 20, I think 20 or 21 yeah. at the time. I was a junior in college because it was a, a great story. Well, thank you. I love it. So, so they told me that, you know, we think you're the first American intern ever. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So I worked at BBC. I did. A, I had to, the requirement of Occidental College, where both my husband and I went in Los Angeles, was that I had to write a thesis after the fact to, about mm-hmm. what I learned. So I did a uh. thesis for honors um, when I got back to Occidental about my experience at BBC and what Mm -hmm. I learned about the BBC television production environment. So I was able to work at BBC at a young age as well. And, and, and long story short, my goal of becoming a television reporter did come true. And right out of uh, graduating from Oxy in Southern California, I got a job at ABC news in Washington and I was, you know, first job. Unbelievable. That's not really unheard of. Yeah, maybe. First maybe. job going straight to ABC in Washington? Uh, that's Yeah. Well, I wasn't on air. I, all yeah, I was No, was, whatever. Know, you can sweep the floors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's Back just... in the day, it was, and, and for people older than me and my age, um, I worked, I got scripts and such for, for 
Peter Jennings and Tom Bro, not Tom Brokaw. How uh, exciting! Sam Donaldson and yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable because you're in the midst of what is unfolding in history, literally. I mean, and and so I got to be a part of all that, and that was that was a privilege. Um, and and I didn't mean to go through all this. I really wanted to tell you how Channel Mom came about, but I went from there. This is how. Yeah, it is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I went is. from there to McNeil Lair News Hour. Um, I was a producer for mm. a guy named Hodden Carter, who had been the State Department spokesman under Jimmy Carter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was his well. produ- producer. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I'm old. <laughs> Not as old as me. <laughs> well, you right. think you Carter. remember all of this? Yeah, Hodden yeah, Carter. I do. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. He actually just passed not long ago, a oh. month or two ago. Um, oh. But I was his producer. And and then from there, um, my husband and I had been broken up for two and a half years, hadn't spoken. And we got mm. back together. And it meant that I needed to move back to L.A. And and the rest is history. I worked for Financial News Network. I became an uh, on-air reporter at a Palm Springs affiliate because you kind of when you're going to go on air, you kind of got to start small. Yeah. So oh, I was yeah. a little bit on air at FNN, Financial News Network, which later merged with CNBC. And then okay. I went to Palm Springs and then I went to Cleveland and then I went to Denver. So that's kind of how that unfolded. But huh. this is this is what I'm going to say. It's an unlikely story. And and some, some of where I'm going to go, people will not identify with it, but um, that's OK. Uh, I, I grew up, as I said, in this intellectual academic um, environment. And as a result, you know, that, that was kind of my background. I did not have, um, Mm. kind of a strong background in, in traditional things like, like faith in God, honestly. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I got to this place where I was in Cleveland. I was a television reporter. I, um, was focused on my career. I did not think I would ever have children. I thought it was going to be my, my, yeah. Huh. I thought it was going to be my career, my husband's career. And then suddenly at about age 31 or 32, I thought, oh, I would like <laughs> a baby. A <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it, it, I hope this gives hope to some people because um, I had to go through infertility treatments because mm-hmm. of just kind of the way my body operates. I had to go through infertility and all the stuff just to get pregnant. And um, I was able to conceive a baby at age 34, almost 35. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, our son Otis was born. And um, that's when the beginning of Channel Mom happened. And here's why. Okay. I was a reporter in Cleveland for three years. Uh, I got to, I had the privilege of doing just incredible stories. I mean, I sort of think, you know, that, that Forrest Gump paradigm where he sort of was a part of history throughout that movie where he just kept showing up in the middle of history. Yeah. I just said this to a guest recently. I said, you're just like Forrest Gump was you're in all these places. So I know exactly. Yeah. And so I've, I've done everything from meet Lady Diana to interview President Uh. Ford to to report oh. on the OJ Simpson trial. So, so you know what I mean? So I've just been immersed in, in news yeah. kind of at the crux of the things that were happening. So yeah. privilege and an honor, but I was at the Cleveland affiliate and we had just had our son and my contract came up for renewal. And after that happened, um, the new news director, there was a brand new news director and he said, yeah, we're not going to renew you. Oh, um, and Something I was devastated having a baby. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the punchline to that story in a minute. But okay. but here's what happened for me. And not everybody will identify with, identify with this, yeah. this side of the story. But No need for that uh, to be. Yeah, that's true. We can all learn yeah. from each other. Absolutely. Uh, TV was my religion. And it was the thing that gave me a, a sense of significance and value um, mm-hmm. and, and even sort of um, – 
in a, it's kind of it, an eternity because you're sort of on videotape forever. Oh. Um, and, and so it was my religion. And when I lost my TV job, I lost my religion. And there I was with a brand new baby and I sunk into about a year and a half of postpartum depression. And my heart goes out to anybody that suffers with depression because you go to this dark place where you just don't see the point of anything. Mm -hmm. And there I was with my baby and thankfully I didn't feel bad about him. Mm -hmm. I I didn't, you know, have have violent feelings toward him or anything. I just Mm -hmm. didn't feel happy about life. And I remember for for this whole year and a half feeling guilty because I thought I've got a healthy baby, which is more than a lot of women can say. And I just don't want to be alive. And I feel like everything's dark and there's no point. Mm -hmm. And and sort of that's where I was for about a year and a half. And in the midst of that, I went in a search, um, for lack of a better term, for God and meaning and religion. And and that's what I did. I embarked on that. Um, let me give you the punchline to the TV story before I tell you how that landed on God and on Channel Mom. Okay. Uh, the the punchline to the other story was, and, and I don't talk about the affiliate that I worked for or the network I worked for because because it's a touchy situation. Right. But I had an attorney in Cleveland approach me, and he had been in a number of my news stories. And he said, you know, they can't really let you go right after you've had a baby. That's a form of discrimination. Feels like it. And, Yeah. And so he went to the station behind the scenes and on my behalf, got me paid for a year to Mm. be a mother. Hmm. And, and that was sort of my first God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just sort of like this matters, um, Hmm. to the creator of the universe in my estimation. And not every mom gets paid. Obviously I wish I'm sure other moms were saying, well, I didn't get paid for the first year of being a mom, but, but I did. And it made me doubly invested in the cause of motherhood. And, and so I'm now grateful for that because I, because I saw it as, as a a role that should sort of receive some kind of payment in the end, because it's a deeply valuable to the, the, to the whole world, to the globe. So in my search, my husband and I moved to Denver, Colorado, where you and I reside. Did did that pull you out of depression? That, that, that just journey that you were on, did it start to pull you out or, or was this a slower 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 version okay yes, so you and came I'll to t- denver you were still struggling yeah still struggling. okay yeah i got a job at channel four in denver which is a cbs affiliate and um put our mm. little boy in daycare part-time i was pretty opposed to daycare full-time which is not yeah. to say i judge judge any mom who does that yeah, i don't that's, that's not where picked. i come from but i just felt like i was supposed to take care of him more yeah. often than not and so um i started working in the television station was still struggling with feelings of darkness and i won't go into the big long story or my testimonial as we say in the christian world but um what happened for me was that i got led to the God of the Bible. And suddenly uh, he sort of showed me the meaning and the value and the building block of motherhood in the context of the universe. And it changed everything for me. And, and, and sort of right after I became a believer and, and right after I began to follow Christ, what God showed me was, and, and, you know, someday I could tell my whole testimonial because it was magnificent what, what God did to, to show me himself. But, mm. but what, what, what he whispered to me after that time was, you know, you were in the spotlight, the television spotlight, and that was a false light compared to the light I want to develop in you as a mother who nurtures my children. End mm-hmm. of story. And what he showed me was, I mean, you could answer this question. What do TV news personalities bring to you? What do they give to you? What What is the content that they bring to you? You're asking me the question? Mm-hmm. You mean, well... That's that's a more loaded question than perhaps it sounds like on the surface because 
on the surface, one would say news, but yeah. you could also go on to say uh, depression, lack of hope, yeah. <laughs> despair. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, so negative, negative, negative. Yeah. And I, I, if it bleeds, it leads. Amen. And that was a thing for us. Yeah. It, and, it, it and, still is. It's just the, it's the nature of that business. That's, yeah. what, that's what Actually, gets the human attention. That's right. And well, and also we, we, it's, it's based on the banner of fear and that we sort of raise that because we know it'll draw people. If you can scare people, they'll watch. Right. Yes. And we used to be told that, like, mm -hmm. just scare them, you know, coming up six o'clock, something that will frighten you, you know, and they actually and so, told you that. I mean, they said, oh, they that, said, scare them. They said, scare them. So they'll they literally more. said, scare mm -hmm. them. Just, just make them afraid. And, and, and two quick newsroom examples, which I think you'll find interesting. They're also in my book. I wrote one book along the way. Uh, one was we were, you know, back in the day when you had to rip wire, you had to rip um, UPI and AP wires oh, off of a kind of printer. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And they would tell you what was going on. There was no internet. Mm -hmm. um, the Somebody in the newsroom in Cleveland ripped a story and said, you know, there's a fireworks store on fire in this small town in Cleveland. And, you know, during, as she would give us updates as it unfolded. And at mm -hmm. one point she said, oh, it's getting better and better. There are three dead and two of them are children. And that was her way of describing it. And I also remember- Who, a producer, who was this saying this? The producer? The, this was uh, the newsroom. I can't remember what we called her, but she was at, she was the news desk um, operator. She would operate the news desk and kind of update everybody on what was going Whoa. on. And and then I also remember a producer jumping out of her chair and cheering when a window washer fell to his death in Cleveland because she knew she had a lead. So so here's my point. What what God showed me was we I was in that spotlight and I was honored and and all uh, people would run up to me in the grocery store and say, "Oh my gosh, can I have your autograph? I recognize you from the news." Right. And and I I what I began to see as I began to have faith in God was that I was honored in the TV spotlight for giving people negative news all day and, and, and harmful stories. Mm. And when I became quote unquote, just a mom, nobody wanted my autograph anymore. Nobody thought I was important. Mm. Uh, you know, nobody honored that role. And, and I felt like what my creator showed me was they were honoring you when you were, when you were giving people negative news and not adding to their lives, but not honoring you when you were literally raising the next generation, which is what impacts the rest of our world. Yeah. If we raise them up well, we have a better world. So that was the birth of channel mom. He showed me to honor the role of motherhood. And well, not just honor it, but help it along too. Right. Correct. I mean, that that's the, uh, and, and we'll get into, um, all right, so we're going to shift gears a little bit because I want to get into the way that you do honor, support, educate, inspire, and all the things that you have, have done with Channel Mom. Uh, that story is so much better than I even would have guessed if my highest, I mean, I had no idea what was behind Channel Mom. So really, really important. One thing I just did want to ask, though, um, before we leave that subject, these people, as horrific as that was, what they were saying, uh, certainly they those people that made those comments had to be, I have to believe they had to be a rarity and not the common, not the, not the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the common the, denominator. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, oh goodness. I don't, I mean, I, I don't, 
enjoy throwing anybody under the bus. No, I know. And, and I I mean, I'm is, asking about the industry, though, not about no, but the I people. I just threw some people yeah. under the bus. So well, we don't know who is, they are. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know who they purpose. are, so that's okay. Um, so yeah. I, I, here's what I would say. You know, they talk about ER room humor to, to, to ease the, the, yes. the pain of what okay. you see unfold every day. Well, that so could I be, th- yeah. I, I think yeah. that was part of that. Okay. I think that was also they knew that's what drove their business mm-hmm. was negative, negative, salacious, right. you know, terrifying stories. And, and so they think, you know, this is going to make the, the news day better, mm-hmm. but, but I think, and, and there were some truly, um, not crass. I can't think of the word, but people that just had no feelings to a certain degree in the newsroom, mm-hmm. but that was not the rule. That was okay. not the rule. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just, I have to assume that because the industry as a whole is that we can, anybody can turn on the news and, and see, let's not even go there. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's so bad. Yeah. But also, I like I said, I have to believe that some of the individuals are, are not that way, or maybe maybe many of them. Um, okay, but we will let's go on to the next. Well, okay, so the reason actually, the reason why we're doing this today is because uh, you're having a fundraiser come up. So I just wanted to mention that before we get into the rest of the story, so people are thinking about it maybe and whether whether it's something they might want to participate in, support financially, or tell their friends about. Um, especially if they're in the Colorado area, but you know, anyone could certainly, no matter where people are listening from can support channel mom through, through this. So do you want to just talk a little bit? I went, I'll just start by saying I went to this event last year. It was the first one, I think your first actual in-person fundraiser. Is that right? A blast, a total blast, even though we got some bad weather, it was so much fun and really inspiring. So yeah, tell us, tell us what it's going to be because it's going to be the same place. Gonna be at the yeah. same place, and now this place is iconic because it's going to go down in history. Heard that, uh, yeah. yeah. It was so, so very briefly, let me say in thirty seconds, what Channel Mom does is provide encouragement and support to mothers and to their families through media, and we have a syndicated radio show, and then we also have a podcast like you. But in addition to that, we help mothers on the ground. So we have a compassion fund that helps single mothers who are struggling and have exhausted other means of assistance, like government assistance and such. So we help them do things like pay a car payment, a pay a car repair mm. bill. We just helped a mother, single mom, and there are two single moms in the household because both she and her daughter are single moms. We mm. helped her get her home out of foreclosure. So we do really important stuff to tr- try to give a single wow. mom a leg up to get yeah. back on her feet. But the second thing we do, and this is the program, I mean, maybe most proud of is going to prison. Uh, we have a, a, a curriculum for incarcerated moms that's a nine-week curriculum whereby we re-engage them with their children. We we work on healing principles for for all of their wounds and all of the wounds they've caused others and and re-engage them with their child from a healthier parenting perspective. And and the, the research suggests, and I can give you more research after I say this, but the research suggests mm-hmm. that that has to happen to prevent the child from following the mother into prison because it's right. very, very common. Very, 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 common. very high so, recidivism. Yeah. Correct. And so, yeah. so what, that is why we do what we do is to help the mom wherever we find her, whether it's through the airwaves or on the ground or in a prison, just to, to honor a mom and help her get back on track. So, and I'm going to yeah. interrupt you just briefly, cause then you're about to, I think you're just about to say what you're fundraising for. Cause yeah. I think this question is, is important to listeners. I have listeners who are Muslim, who are Jewish, who are atheists, who are whatever, yeah. Do the do the people and Christian, of course, ev- you know everything, uh, and nothing and, and nothing. Uh, do all the women that you're supporting? 
is their becoming Christian a part of their uh, qualification, I guess, to get help? No. Okay. Because Uh, that is the case in some some, uh, nonprofits. No, I think if Jesus, I mean, we certainly use scriptural principles. We certainly Mm -hmm. quote scripture. We certainly pray for them. Mm -hmm. But no, first of all, it's not required that they be a Christian to be part of the class. It's not required that they be a Christian when they leave the class. Mm. I mean, if Jesus stands next to me in the class, he would be saying to me, love everyone for me. Uh, you know, yeah. that's the end of story is I'm right. called to love people for Christ. Right. And so, no, we don't yeah. make it a requirement. Yeah. Um, and I know we've had women in the class that are not believers as I, you know, in yeah. that vernacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just called to love them for Jesus and to reconnect them with their children. Yeah. And okay. that's what we do. Uh, so the fundraiser is, um, called accelerate. It's a play on words, accelerate and celebrate. And it is both an acceleration and a celebration. And here's the really cool thing. And I hope some people will be jazzed as I talk about this and excited to go out because this is kind of a once in a lifetime thing because it's at Bandamere Speedway in Denver, Mm -hmm. Colorado and Bandamere Speedway. If you're a Denverite or a Coloradan, you know that they're have announced that they're closing down that iconic location Mm -hmm. at Thunder Thunder Mountain in Morrison, and they're going to be moving. And um, this could be the, this is the last year you can come. And here's the cool thing about what we do is you get to race. They provide the car and you get to race. It's not as scary as it sounds. No, it's not. And it's mind blowing. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Not for other reasons, but um, yeah, everyone can do it. Everyone who comes, right? Yeah. Yeah. 18 and over. Yeah. And, and I mean, you can bring people younger than 18, but 18 and over to, get dry, to drive. To race. Yeah. And I raised my son last year. I think I won. He thinks he won. Um, but anyway, yeah, you get to get in a Dodge Challenger and race, race down that iconic speedway. Yeah. It's a quarter of a mile. You don't yeah. go, you know, faster than a hundred. So it's not that scary. Yeah. Uh, but it's a blast. I mean, you get to do the thing that you kind of wish you could do on the freeway. Um, you just aren't supposed to do it on the freeway. No one's um, in front of you. But, no but ticket, no no chance of getting a ticket, right? Yes. And our mutual friend, Barbara, would be upset if I did not tell people that um, Darling Revival is going to be there. Super co- popular Colorado band. They played at Red Rocks. I think they opened for someone at Red Rocks. Darling Revival will be there. So there's live music. There's fantastic food. The food was really good last year, and I'm confident it will be fantastic yes. again this year. And one other little special thing. You and I are both on YouTube in some capacity, I believe. Yeah. Um, a very well-known YouTube influencer who's called the minimal mom. That's her name. The minimal mom, Dawn Matson. She has millions of views on her videos because she helps people be minimalists and declutter and get rid of all the crap in our lives that encumber us. Mm. And she's got a ton of followers. She's our MC. Uh, Dawn Matson, the minimal mom is the MC of the whole event. How do you so spell you her get... name? How do you spell her last name? Dub, uh, M-A-D-S-E-N. Okay. Dawn Madsen. Yeah. And okay. um, she's very popular because yeah. she knows what she's doing and yeah. she gets you to get, you know, out of the piles of stuff you have and be happier and freer. And so she's going to be give, giving decluttering tri- tips throughout the whole evening oh. because that's what she does. <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. And she'll, she'll be our MC. And then, oh, as I said, we'll have live music and live auction and the whole deal, but people will also get to race. Okay. You just went right over live auction. Live auction was my favorite part of the evening. And I'll tell you why, because this is not a huge, huge event. It's relative, you know, you go, I've been to many fundraisers, you know, at a hotel in downtown Denver or something where there's maybe over a thousand or more people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you, when you are going to uh, bid on something, you're going against, you know, 
people, lots of money, lots of people, everybody bidding each other up. There were some things last year that I could not believe because it wasn't a, that massive number of people. It's more, it's, it's more, uh, like last year was 128. It was our okay. first one, 128. Oh. We're, we're aiming for several hundred this year, but still okay. that's not going to be high competition. Right. Um, no. So well, you could, but I mean, something, I'm just going to say really quickly, because there's one thing, there was a Breckenridge, I think it was a condo or a house in Breckenridge for, for a week. For five nights. For five nights. One bidder. She won. A our friend bucks. Barbara. Huh? A thousand a, bucks for thousand five bucks. nights. Right. And it was, I think, a five-bedroom, four- or five-bedroom home. Yeah, that it was, was ridiculous. Was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you and, would typically and, get paid more than that for two nights, um, and if, if not closer to one night. One night, yeah. It'd be more like yeah. one night. So it, it's an amazing. The auction was the most fun, and the auctioneer, I don't know who's doing it this year, but that was really fun. It was just really, really fun, uplifting, just a fun night. So just, we can well, move so then, on. Okay, but, yeah, so yeah. Here's, the, here's the fun thing I'm going to give your podcast uh, followers and, okay. and audience, um, something, a special preview, which I haven't done for anybody else. Okay. There is <laughs> such fun stuff this year. Oh. We have a trip to Italy. Um, yes, that <laughs> is a, that is, that is a Tuscany right. like wine tasting. You have okay, a I meal got... made by a personal chef. You get to go on a Tuscan wow. wine tasting tour. Wow. It's incredible. And right. uh, I want a shout out to Mitch Stewart because Mitch Stewart is this company that gives us reasonably low cost trips so that people can start bidding at a low cost. It does. They don't have to start off at $10,000. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or even oh, $5,000. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. these, and these things are worth thousands and thousands, yeah. but we get them for yeah. a lower cost. Yeah. So we have a trip to Italy. We have, um, a, a, again, seven nights and eight days in the nicest parts of Mexico, you know, uh, Cabo and mm -hmm. Acapulco and um, Riviera and, you know, the, the, all yeah. the nice places. Yeah. And my girlfriend, my BFF went last year on one of our trips and said it was like five star. It was incredible. Really? Yeah. She said it, 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 was, it was an oasis. She said we were out in a jungle by the, it was incredible. She said so. And the treatment was bar none. And so they, 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 they're great price. Yeah. You don't get them for a good price because they're cheap. You get them for a good price because we're getting a special deal and we're giving it to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, trip to uh, the Tuscany region of Italy. I, I hope I'm saying that right. And um, to various places in Mexico. Yeah. We just got two fantastic trips. Somebody gave us their home in Kauai, mm, um, which gosh. is gorgeous. I think that's for five nights again. Yeah. And we also have um, this fabulous place up near where I live in Bailey, Colorado. And it's a fishing lodge that very, very well-known people in Colorado go to, which I'm not allowed to say, but probably one of the best NFL quarterbacks you've ever known kind of thing. I um, <laughs> wonder who it could be. <laughs> and it's a fishing lodge and cabins, but, but they give you like a seven, um, I think last time we were there, a seven course meal. You get a fishing guide to take you out and fish hmm. in the Platte River. Okay. It's, it's amazing. So that's, yeah. anyway, we've got great well, stuff. Like okay. This is amazing. And, and there's other smaller things that people don't want to, you know, there's, you don't have to go into what they are, but there's, there's low cost, yeah. items that, that are also yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. All right. But mostly it's all going to help this program. So let's get into what the program is. Um, yeah. And, and we, we will definitely put in the show notes and, and it'll be up on the little screen at, you know, where to buy tickets and how to, how to buy. Well, let me uh, say Barbara, uh, not Barbara, did, Deborah, Barbara. It, it, it airs tomorrow. 
in, in the sense, I'm not airs, it, it's, it happens tomorrow. So the, the, as you're airing this, the event oh, right, will be we're on the 27th. On yeah, yeah. Yes. The, we it, might do it, some sneak previews of this podcast. So we'll see. We'll see if okay. we can help So anyway, with that. Thursday, <laughs> yeah. July 27th, yes. 5 p.m. Yes. Uh, the best evening of your summer, I hope. Yeah. So I hope people will come out. You can get tickets. I know you're going to put it in your show notes, but you can get tickets yeah. at channelmom.org, channelmom.org. Yep. Just like it sounds, channelmom.org. Perfect. Okay. Well, that was exciting. I'm now I'm really excited. Uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't know about any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's just move into what your program is a little bit more then, because uh, first of all, when did you become syndicated on the radio? Because I did see that, but I wasn't aware of that last year. So is oh. that has that been going for a while? Well, it's impressive, but it's not necessarily impressive as it sounds. You, I mean, you have to pay to be on Salem Radio Networks. Don't, don't ruin site. it for us. <laughs> you we do, don't have to look do. behind the curtains. <laughs> but well, I'll tell you this: this is an honor to us. A, a number of stations take us, and, and we don't pay anything. They yeah. they want us. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Um, sure. And so we're in various locations around the country, everywhere from Montana to Illinois to yeah, Arkansas. Fun. You know, so we're all over yeah. the place. Um, and then we're also podcast. So yeah, we're syndicated okay. radio and, and it's on some Salem stations, but also some independent stations, okay. and both secular and Christian stations. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. So now you have the, you have a podcast, you have a blog, you have, uh, a, let's see what a podcast and the radio station and the blog. So three, three different ways that you're communicating. What are you, what are you teaching moms? What are you, what's the basis? What's the nut of it, of the program uh, and, and what uh, you do? Okay. Uh, thank you for asking. And by the way, I realized as I was looking through your past podcasts, I'm an incredible company. Oh, uh, the, thank you. Know, you. The fashion designer and, and uh, oh. well, you as, you, you as well, but I'm just saying the people that you've been able to secure. So you're an impressive woman and that they say yes to you, but some really fantastic guests you've had. So thank people should you. watch yeah, your other I've podcasts. I've got some really exciting ones coming up too. So it's going to get better and better, but thank yeah, you for awesome. that. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's the hard part in getting guests, right? Yeah. Getting yeah. good guests. Yeah, I know that. Good, good, I know yeah. that. Yeah. So, so look, I, I think what happened for me was because I grew up in the environment that I grew up in and I honor that environment. But but it can also lead you to the idea that, oh, your six plus figure salary, your education, uh, your neighborhood, your, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, all those things are far more important than motherhood when it comes to degrees of status. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm. I my heart aches about that because we are relying on women and men to raise up a generation that is a blessing to our world and, and does, you know, righteous work and, mm -hmm. and is there to serve and to help people and, and to care for people and to love people. And, and I think, well, then we need to honor the people that are doing the work to raise this next generation yeah. or we're in trouble. And, yeah. and I think motherhood, you know, you go to parties and you say to people, what do you do? And, and if I were to say, well, I'm a mom, they'd say, well, yeah, 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 but what do you do? Exactly. We don't honor no, the role. I know. We don't honor the role. And so I felt called, yes, I felt called, thank, thank you for agreeing. Yeah, I felt well. called to, to go into the public arena in some capacity, wherever people would take me mm -hmm. and, and kind of rewrite the value system and say, look, you know, yes, this woman may have a six figure salary, but she's also raising up the next generation or, or, or no, this woman doesn't right. have a six figure right. salary, but she's raising up the next generation. Right. Right. And, and you should honor her because you wanted to do it well for the sake of the future of our whole planet. So what I try to do 
as a kind of the, the shell around the contents is, is just come to motherhood and to mothers with an honoring posture mm-hmm. and, and just say, this is an honorable role, ladies. And even if nobody's thanked you this week, even if you're still in your sweats and you haven't combed your hair and you have a banana peel on your foot, what you're doing is immensely important, even, mm. even if you feel immensely unimportant. So, so I come at it from that perspective and and I want to give mom, I had one mom recently tell me, you know, when you thank me at the end of every show, because I make a point of doing that, saying thank you for the sacrifices you've made this week and for all that you've done. That almost makes me tear up. (laughs) It actually, when you just said that, it really did. I just thought, God, no, I don't think anyone has ever said that. I mean, your kids say it and, you know, I have children and I have their father, you know, but. But you're right that somebody just says that from a cultural perspective, from a different, from just somebody who doesn't know you, just to say thank you. Like we say, thank yeah. you for your service to somebody who's in the military. Yeah. 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 It's Well, it's, thank you, Deborah. Yeah. Well, thank thank you, you for what you did. I'm being serious. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for what you did as a mama. It yeah. was sacrificial. It was selfless. Yeah. It, you know, all the things you did. I'm thanking you personally, because I know well, there were you. days that you thought, no one realizes all I'm doing for the sake of these babies. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, I mean, true. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's just been a while. So I, I forget the hard part because uh, I, I feel like it, it was so much joy that it really does it overshadow it when you get past the, you know, really hard parts where you're stuck at home and, you know, mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. and all that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, can, can I inter- interject one quick thing? Cause I just want to kind of add to the, your, sense that that the culture in general is not very embracing and and continues to be less embracing and sometimes you have to be like if you know we're a fish in the water we don't always see what our culture is doing but yeah i just got back from three and a half almost four months in belize on this island in belize which is in central america and where my son is actually working right now which is why i was there and the biggest thing, if somebody said, what is the biggest difference? Yeah, it's a developing country. It's, you know, they don't have any cars even on the, it, it, everything's very different. Everything about the culture is different. The biggest thing that I loved that I noticed was that everyone called me mama. All my friends, everyone said, and they call any woman really mama. And they honor you. They make you, they, you know, the huge Mother's Day. There was in town a huge Mother's Day thank you not even on Mother's Day, just to honor the women on the island. And they were dressed to the nines. And it's built into that culture from beginning to end. From Everyone honors mothers. And I wouldn't have known exactly what your whole effort was about had I not seen the dichotomy, the complete difference between the United States oh. of America and oh. another culture that truly puts their money where their mouth is, puts their efforts and their love and respect where they're for mothers. And we don't do it here. So that Well, then this it. makes me want to say this. I think your son maybe is in the, the hospitality industry. Yeah. We should make our next year's auction item a trip to Belize. Oh, my so goodness. So mothers can be honored. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> people, every people person, saying, every young man on that street that passes you, Hey, mama, go ahead, mama. I'm not kidding. It is unbelievable. Oh, you make me want to move to Belize. Yeah, (laughs) I know. 
So continue. I'm sorry, it's the last my last no, interruption with my assignments. No, no, but yeah, I love it. I love. Yeah. It. Thank you. I mean, it's your show. You can get, make an assignment whenever you want. Well, um, so, okay. so you asked about content, and I told you the posture at, at which we start, which is to encourage the mom and honor the mom and remind her how immensely important her job is. But then, you know, we try to bring bring in things that are relevant and and modern, and um, we try to get mm-hmm. experts and authors. Now, now, yes, we um, will bring in well-known Christians to just encourage people from that perspective. So Kathy sure. Lee Gifford, Kathy, Kathy Lee Gifford has been on the show a number of times and, mm. um, a woman. I bet you two are hoot together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're kind of a lot of energy. Kind of, yeah. We're kind of a lot. Let's put it that way together. You're a lot alike. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we are kind of, um, oh, she's but... a lovely woman, very humble yeah. and, and, and was very kind to me. Um, she didn't have to be cause she's far better known than I am, but she, she's a lovely woman. Um, and I'm trying to think of some of our better known folks. Um, we've, we've had some really well-known names on the show, which draws, uh, draws yeah. people, our, our minimal mom, she draws a ton of people because she's got such a strong following. Huh. But in addition to people like that, we also just have regular mamas that, that are experts in whatever. And, and they encourage women on healthy parenting principles and, and, you know, potty training and ways to develop values in your child and, and point them to service and, and how to forgive and just all, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff that's relevant to raising children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we do that and we do a lot of encouragement and, and a provision of the, of the latest and greatest parenting techniques and, um, and, and, principles and, and, and values of family and children and, and mm-hmm. you know, whatever we can do to encourage the mother. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit about the, um, what happens, for example, in, in the prison ministry or, or I, you probably don't call it a ministry or maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, uh we, some people the, do. We, we, we try to thank you for asking it that way. Um, look, it's a, it's a conundrum for somebody like me because, I did grow up in an, as I have repeated several times, in an intellectualized ivory tower, academic PhD family. Um, and most of them do not share my Christian faith. Um, they, they don't sort of think the Bible is mm-hmm. true. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me to, to come to people and say, look, because I believe what I believe, um, because I lean into the love of Jesus, I feel called to love you and forgive you and, and come alongside you mm-hmm. in the name of Christ and, and, and what he taught mm-hmm. us and, mm-hmm. and, and what he's done for me. And so, um, yes, I bring in, in that perspective, but I'm also called to just love everybody. So I call it an outreach so that okay. people won't necessarily be intimidated by the word ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we just say, look, come in and we're going to bless you and love you. I mean, the, it's so cute how these, I mean, I shouldn't. Some of these women have done some really bad things. So mm-hmm. I don't want to just say, oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. Some of the women in prison have yeah. done some really awful things. Yeah. And so I don't just go in there naive and Pollyanna and, and yeah. rose-colored glasses. Yeah. But I think everyone needs a second chance. And for the sake of their children, these women need a second chance. Because if you don't work on healing them and, and forgiveness in their lives and compassion, then those babies are done. They're gone for. If, if they don't have a, a mama who's, who's being led to something better mm-hmm. and, and, to, and to better principles and, and, and to love and peace and forgiveness, then the, the, the kids are so much more likely to follow them into prison. But, but we try to train these moms up in, in, a, in a different environment. Mm-hmm. And let me say this on behalf of the women in prison. I don't have the exact st- statistics, but about 80% of women in prison are mothers 
And just to give you a glimpse into how many women are now in prison, we've had a 525% increase in the number of Oof. women in prison from 1980 to 2021. So it's, it's burgeoning. Wow. It's just, it's, it's horrific. And you know what happens? Babies get left behind. And then when babies get left behind, they get pawned off on a family member that is not prepared to take them or mm. foster care. And then, and then this pattern develops where they feel abandoned. The mother feels shame. And when those two things get together, there's no communication because the mother doesn't want to, to talk to the child because she feels like she let the child down and she's got shame and, and the child feels abandoned. So she, it's angry. The child's angry. Um, and, and so then you have this, this fissure, this fissure, is that what I want? This break. And then, and then that relationship, um, mm -hmm. and then, and then the babe, you know, the child goes into rebellious behavior and, you know, they go to mom's ex-boyfriend who's a drug dealer. I mean, it's just this horrible mm -hmm. pattern. Yeah. And, and we, we work to, to change that pattern. But let me say this on behalf of those women. If, if someone has been hurt by a criminal who's in prison and they think there's no way I would support an outreach mm -hmm. like that. 60% mm. of the women, I think that's the statistic that are in prison have gone through some kind of domestic violence. And, wow. and often they'll say, yeah. And often they'll say, it's the reason I'm here because they turned around and tried to shoot the person or hurt the person that was committing the violence upon them. Or they felt like they had to deal the drugs or they had to commit the crime because otherwise their life was threatened um, or their children's lives were threatened. So it's a very complicated thing, oh, women yeah. in prison. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just worked to, to provide that healing and hope. And I'll tell you what, Deborah, I think you'd be interested in this. I often make a point of saying to my moms in prison, how many of you were preceded by a family member? And just about 100% will raise their hands. Preceded by a family member in a prison. And so it's a legacy that gets passed down. So then we say, how many wow. of you who have kids that are in the teen years or beyond have kids in prison? And they'll raise their hands. And we say, well, we're here to stop that because we're, we're going to you know, provide rehabilitation that is mother centric, um, loves them for God, does whatever we can to give them values and principles that are scriptural, mm -hmm. you know? Well, so tell me, okay, so you go in and, and you're, you, you're speaking to a group at one time or just one, is it one-on-one? -on -one? Oh no, it's a group. Okay. Um, our largest class was 21 recently. They try to limit it so that we can be personal. Right. Um, have you had, well, okay. I already, this is a lo not a loaded question. It's sort of a cheating question because I know of at least one person because you had someone speaking um, at the fundraiser last year. I think it was at the, the pre-party for the fundraiser. Uh, yeah. Who was a young woman who just had an amazing experience. Can you talk about her or anyone else that you just maybe yeah. one example of someone who it made a difference for? I mean, here's a really cool thing, Deborah. Right before I got an error with you, mm -hmm. I got an email um, I think I can say her first name. Let's just call her V. I got an email from V saying I'm out and I just wanted to write you for giving me these principles. I'm in contact with my children. Um, I'm still following the program. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's so fun. I mean, we haven't been able to track every mom that's gotten out, but of the five or six that we've tracked that have gotten out, at least four have been reunited with their children. Wow. And that's what you want. You don't right. want their children floating in the foster care system. As much as I admire people that are willing to foster, you don't want them floating. They want right. mama back. Yeah, of course. Um, so yes, we had Shamara speak and this um, particular event on July 27th at 5 p.m. at Bandemir Speedway, we're going to have <laughs> a young woman named Nay who recently graduated from our program and is now in a halfway house. She's going to come talk about Good. what difference the program made to her as a mother. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. I mean, we, we have moms, very few parents in prison get solid parenting programming. 
Um, and and I, from what I understand, from what we've learned sort of from being out there, nobody does what we do, which is to re-engage the, the mother with the child and have exercises that that connect them uh, online, yeah. that connect them in on paper, that, that they'll be back in their child's life again. We've had mothers say, I wasn't in touch with my child until you came here. Mm-hmm. I, 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 so you're really helping that. preserve that family unit, which is the most important thing you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, yes. and, I was just going to say, I know that shame, I do, there is one organization in New York called Children of Promise, which is actually an after-school program. It's a very, very large organization (laughs) Mm -hmm. devoted just to helping kids whose parents are in prison. Um, And and that has been their work. And one of the things that I've learned from from them is that uh, shame is one of the biggest problems for those kids because, uh, you know, the parents in prison and nobody wants to admit it. So the you know, the grandma or whatever I say, don't tell anyone, don't tell your teacher that your this child is your mom's in prison or your dad's in prison. Like it's an embarrassment to the family. So mm-hmm. these so they're internalizing the shame at such an early, early age and for so long. Yeah. So I think any time that you can do anything to bring that together to you know, if the mother overcomes her shame, it really helps the child overcome the shame of the parent being in prison, which is shame is just such a destructive it is emotion. It doesn't, doesn't so does any good. No. So gosh, I just, I think that that prison outreach is just an amazing, amazing thing. Thank you. Um, and then and it all- does and it does transform them. Shamara had a story about how she she came out last year's lady. She was in prison. She was homeless. Mm. She got she received help from Channel Mom. She has now started her own cleaning business, doing very well. She she had she got her son okay. back. They have um, I think I don't know if it's an apartment or a home, and and they've been stable. She's been running this operation. She's hired her own workers. Oh I mean, my it's gosh! Incredible. Yeah, it's, I think it's, I have that right. Yeah. Do you? Uh, and then the, the the third one, or the third, in addition to educating, the third segment, I guess we'll call it, or section is or focus, um, is these marginalized moms, financially marginalized, maybe other otherwise marginalized that you help. How do they? How do they get your help? How do you find these people that are losing their home or losing their car or don't have food? Those types of well, things. Well, first of all, I want to say I loved reading your history because I know you have a heart for the refugee populations and the the immigrant populations. And that's another form of marginalization. But we have these sort of, you know, citizens amongst us that we don't even know are marginalized. Um, And and so these women, and and so often it's single moms. And unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of marriage and intact families. And it's not to say I judge people that don't have that. I don't. But um, I know it works usually better. And and forty one percent of our kiddos now are born out of wedlock. And 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 so it's a recipe. What for do you being mean a... over the population? Yeah, forty one percent of the U.S. population. Yes, forty one percent of that. children are now born out of wedlock. And, uh, and so so you don't have an immediate huh. structure. And, and when you don't have that immediate structure, you're much more likely to have an impoverished mm-hmm. single mother. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's a single dad, but more often than not, it's a single mom. And you probably know us know this. The most um, likely to be the most the, the demographic most likely to suffer from poverty is the single parent family, <laughs> uh, the single mom family, and it's so single so moms. Yeah, we have an epidemic of it. Yeah, um, and, and some they of are those, marginalized. Some of those people though are with partners. It doesn't mean that they're not. They just correct. may not be married, correct. but they may, they may be, be with. Yeah, that's correct. But again. 
um, this is me being a little traditional. If you look at the research, you're you're less likely to stay with somebody you're living with than you are if you actually married them first. The marriage stats aren't terrific either, right. but you're you're less likely if you're just living with somebody to stay mm, with them. So then true. you're still yeah. setting up the kid for yeah. a future life of the mm-hmm. Um So yes, we help marginalize moms, and and these are the moms that you may not know. Um, are marginalized. I mean, we have a mom who's got a full-time job at a hospital that makes probably $50,000 a year, but I think she came from a DV situation. So she can't reach out to the dad. Mm -hmm. um, And and she finds that just the extra things, school supplies and things like that are too Mm -hmm. much for her. So we'll, you know, we try not to make people dependent. So we try to step in for no more than two months and -hmm. say, we're going to help you with rent. We're going to help you with car payment. We're going to help you with a car repair, whatever it is. But we try to step in to get them over a hump so they don't become homeless. And then it's beyond repair or they don't Mm -hmm. turn to prostitution or drug use because they're depressed, whatever it is. We try to just give them that leg up. And as I said, we just helped a a mother and her daughter, who's also a single parent, save their home of 24 years. If, if, um, you know, you, you, you try to believe everybody's story and if her story is true, the, her husband of 24 years left Mm -hmm. and is giving them no money. So mm-hmm. now they, they're, they've had their house for 24 years and they, they're at risk of losing it. Mm-hmm. And she has four daughters and one of them's a single mm-hmm. mom. And so how do we hear about them? I will say, and this is the, the plus of the fact that we're a Christian-based, um, you know, outreach is that, that churches will tell us, you know, mm-hmm. we, we partner with a number of churches and they'll come to us and say, we found this mom who was, mm-hmm. you know, she came to a church picnic and she didn't have enough gas to go home or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or we now have a hotline. And interestingly enough, we had a woman. Oh, from yeah. We, well, a hotline online. Um, and so they can just immediately email us okay. and a woman in Pennsylvania, um, got a hold mm. of us a couple of weeks ago. So I called her because I believe in having my hands in the midst and, and right. understanding who our clientele is and, and how they suffer and how we can be of service. And she told me her story. Um, and, and, and we're now helping her, but let me just say, we try to attach whatever assistance we're going to give to a, a, an education. So we're not sending them to college, but we try to connect them with, with, we've got two curriculums. Okay. So it's either the prison curriculum or we've got a, a mentoring curriculum. And we have a, a wonderful woman named Loretta who does a Zoom class online where she mentors women mm. that we give money to for four mm-hmm. weeks. Because you don't want to just say, here's the money. Right. Um, and there's no instruction. Yeah. Um, we we try you- to immerse them. And again, principles. And sometimes we want to give them the Christian principles that we stand on because we do want them to, to value relationship. Mm-hmm. We do want them to value the, the marriage so that the, they will next time stay married. And we do, you know, you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. but we also have budgeting as part of it um, and, and planning um, for future. They have to make future goals. I mean, all kinds of things that they, that they can put in line to, to keep them from going back to yeah. what we're trying to yeah. lift them out. That, well, that's probably the most important of all, really, you know? It's, yeah. And it's the harder work. It's not just handing somebody money. I mean, that's a much more extensive. So who does the work? Do you have, are these volunteers? Do you have a good volunteer team? Um, Deborah, if you would like to tell people that we need volunteers, <laughs> I would be ever so pleased with that announcement. Um, <laughs> well, you'll have we, to tell them. I'll just give you the platform. I'm just yeah. assuming because anybody who has volunteers is, a, is it a volunteer based group. It is. Group. It is. So, yeah, I mean, everyone needs volunteers. 
Yeah, and on any given day, as the executive director, I'm stepping in. Mm -hmm. I teach the prison class often. I mean, we have Mm -hmm. three, three or four volunteers that that do teach our Denver Women's Correctional Facility class. Mm -hmm. But I will step in and do that. I personally delivered the check to the mom who needed the the check to get out of foreclosure. The woman in Pennsylvania, I I talked to her and got her story to help the mentor um, before we give her a check. And in some cases when I am a little concerned about the lifestyle, I'll say, look, we want you to take the mentoring class before we give you any money. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they'll kind of confess to me really unhealthy patterns. And I think, oh, girl, you just need some help to to instruction, you know? And you could be giving Um, them money that they're buying drugs with or or whatever. So yeah, Yeah. you kind of have to know. You have to have some idea, I guess, where it's headed. Well, there's a syndrome that, that I think you'd be interested in. There's a syndrome amongst... Oh my gosh, you got to be careful about stereotyping. I, in my book, and I'll do a pitch for my book, it's called Mom, You're yeah, Amazing. It's I, I, you, yeah. I, yeah, okay. I interviewed a number of moms. And one of the mothers in the book, and they each share their mothering secret. One of the mothers in the book is a foster mom. And she has fostered 103 children in her lifetime. God Gave birth her. to three, but, but, but fostered 103. And she said, Jenny, if I see a pattern, it's this. You have a woman who had sex with somebody she wasn't married to, had a baby, that guy's out. And by the way, I don't know why we always talk about the single motherhood problem in America, but we don't talk about the deadbeat dad problem and deadbeat's a horrible name, but the missing father situation. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and because so often that's behind the single mom situation, but, but we have this pattern of, of, not valuing that relationship enough. And so we have, we, you know, people get together and they want to have one night stand and they have sex and then the mom gets pregnant and then the guy's gone and then she doesn't need to support that. But then she's in a, in a never ending pattern of finding a guy. So she'll find the next guy. She'll make the same mistake before she gets married to him and there's any kind of commitment. And now she's got two children and two baby mm-hmm. daddies. And, and as a, an example, when I was having this conversation with this woman in Pennsylvania, that was exactly her story. And, and, and as my foster mom explained to me, Jenny, it's, it's a pattern because of how they're feeling about themselves as single moms and they just want someone to love them. So they'll take whatever they can get. Um, Mm. and they'll take that. And then it leads to the next child without consideration for the Mm -hmm. traditional family model. And it's a never ending cycle. And, and I have compassion for these mothers because they just want a partner, but, but they keep getting temporary partners. Right. And, and then the child is left out in the mix. Yeah. At any rate, it's a cycle yeah. that needs to be stopped. And I yeah. think it's an attitude toward casual sex that needs to be stopped because you get into this world of hurt and it's a never ending pattern and the children pay the price. Yeah. So that's my little well, very traditional uh, well, yeah, example. And, you know, listen, don't apologize for being traditional or being Christian or being anything that you are because, you know, yeah, you're not you're going to get pushed back. You're going to push back no matter what you are. No matter what you do, no matter what you say. And these are all things that you believe in so passionately and that they're guiding your entire life and you're helping people. I don't care what your belief is. I think someone has to admire that. You know, I think somebody has to at least say, well, look at, I I may not agree with anything she's saying, but at least she's putting everything she has into what she believes, giving it all, living according to her principles. And that's to me, the most important thing. I mean, I happen to agree with 90% of what you're saying. I'd like to know more about why there's not, a, you know, not, not, this is not about you, but there should be a dad's group. There should be a parenting, but you yeah. know, you're, you know, so you're, you're picking what, cause you were a mom and you know what it's like to be a mom, but it would be wonderful. And maybe there is, I don't know. Maybe there's, there are dad's groups because 
takes two to tango, as you said, <laughs> you know, you gotta, this is not just women out there getting these positions by themselves. No, and, we should have um, a channel dad. Channel. You do have a channel, channel dad? No, we, oh, we need one. Channel. <laughs> yeah. Well, any yeah. dads out there listening. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I just, I really appreciate what you're doing. I, I just, for so many, cause you're covering so many areas too, and I'm sure you spread thin. So, um, kept focusing on prison, focusing on women in need, and then just plain old parenting tips for somebody who's, who's not right. You've got, I, cause I've, I've listened to a few of your podcasts and they're just basically regular, regular mom stuff, you know, what, what to do with it your is. kid this summer, what to do with your, I can't remember, to be honest, I, the rest of <laughs> I've written down here somewhere, but yeah. I mean, just nothing tragic, just regular old happy happy mom stuff. Right. So, cause yeah, just every, to help them. Well, and, and yeah. we definitely deal with mothers struggling with depression and mothers struggling with anxiety. And we try to encourage moms in, in this of their woes too, and, and being overwhelmed and being tired and all those things. We try to address that as well, but, but you're right. And, and it, it, some of it, it needs to be falling on the father as well. Um, and thank you for your grace. Look, bottom line, you're right. Not everyone's going to agree with my posture, but I don't need to apologize for it. I'm mm. called to love my neighbor. Yeah. And I've chose to chosen to love my neighbor moms and my neighbor mom's children and, yeah. and to help them be yeah. better for, yeah. for the sake of their future and, and the future yeah. of our whole world, frankly. And you know what I also love that you're doing is that this whole show is about how we change the world. And this 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 woman last week, for example, she says, well, I was, you know, I was a high fashion model and I got, you know, a good business degree and education and I have artistic talent. How can, and I have these experience of being around the world. How can I take all these things and uh, put them together, take what I have, my unique package and help the world. And so she's, you know, does no waste fashion and she does, you know, things to help the environment and to not use animal, you know, skins in her clothing and things like that. So what I'm saying is you're, you're doing the exact same thing in a whole nother realm, but you're taking your, this background that you have as a communicator, as a broadcaster, as a you know person who knows how to how to how to present yourself and how to speak, and you're using it for this. So I mean, honestly, just bless you for that because that's that. If everybody would do that, think what an amazing world we'd live in. Thank you, thank yeah. you. And I want to say oh, two quick you. things. One is I couldn't do it without my husband, and I'm very blessed to have a supportive husband because I did take time off from television to raise our children and to. Found, mm -hmm. found channel mom and yeah. it was no money for many years. And so he yeah. had to support me. So I'm grateful. Yeah. It's one reason I believe in tr traditional marriages. I've got a spouse who supported me, you know, yeah. um, and yeah. moms would not be Helps. receiving help if he hadn't. Um, mm. And I'm not just saying that because he's over there and we're having our ah. anniversary celebration. But secondly, <laughs> yes, kudos to that woman that, that was featured before me. It's First everyone. All, not, that, yeah. She's, she's not just depending on her beautiful face. Right. She's working on her beautiful heart. And, yeah. and so I was, yeah. I, that was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's just, we're kind of at the end of the, you know, I, I don't want to keep you one minute longer because I already know you're on borrowed time. I'm on borrowed time. Um, I'm going to put the, the, the notes up on the, again, how to, how to get tickets, how to support you, how to find your website, but, um, can they buy just a couple last minute things on this Accelerate? Who came up with that name? First of all, very clever. You're going to accelerate assistant. and celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to Michelle. She did. She's that, one clever. night. She just called me. She said, I think I thought of it. So yeah. yeah. Um, can they buy tickets at the door? Do they have to buy them ahead of time? How does they, that work? Technically they can't still get the special at the door, but so this is what I'm going to say. You, you get, um, 
fifty dollars off, I think, if you buy them before. Oh, before big the incentive. Gate. Yeah. Yeah. For, if, if it's two people, you get $50 off. Um, so it's $25 a person, but still yeah. it's something yeah. if you have a couple. Um, so, so it's $50 off before you buy them at the door, but yes, you can buy them at the door. If you want to buy them anytime up until you go to the gate, it's uh channelmom.org and you'll see it celebrate right there on our yeah. front slider. Just you click on that. You cannot miss it. I guarantee. <laughs> yeah. You cannot miss it. You cannot yeah. miss it. And that includes all the, the food, the dancing, the 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 racing do you pay extra yeah. to race well you pay a little bit extra to race um right. i'm trying to think if it's 25 it's okay. or 50. Oh, it's, it's not much yeah. it's yeah. not a lot to pay to race yeah. um yeah. and or you can pay to be a passenger which is even less expensive uh, who on earth would pay to be a passenger in a speed <laughs> well Deborah, i like I control way to too be much a passenger with me yeah 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 yes i understand that i don't, I don't think know I was how your driving skills to... are yeah. <laughs> put my life in your hands yeah yeah that's right. right i don't blame you yeah no i'm just i'm kind of kidding kind of <laughs> <laughs> all right my dear thank you so so much i i love talking to you this story you're you're a great speaker great storyteller and uh it's really compelling so thank you so much for joining me such short notice um but we'll get many people please join us next thursday i'm going to be there yeah can you i say thank you to there. you thank you to you for having a heart to change the world to make it a better place i appreciate what you're trying to do thank you so thank i appreciate you. that all right yeah take care right. we'll see you next okay. week everybody all right Bye. thank you deborah Bye-bye. bye bye